0: hello everybody so i'm so delighted to welcome dr esther zeldon also known as dr s to the show she's an accomplished life purpose coach international diplomat scientist and the author of the new book creating your limitless life the transformational guide promises to help high achievers define personal success build their legacy and gain clarity to maintain their biggest dreams dr s draws from her pioneering work empowering people across cultures, countries, and corporations to create a formula for crafting your limitless life. We'll be digging uh, into her powerful model to turn that little inner voice urging you towards something bigger into an empowering roar. If you feel called toward living life on your own terms, aligned with your true purpose, tune in for a practical step you can start taking today. And we'll also be um, covering like her author journey, like how she was able to write the book, some of the pitfalls, some of the obstacles she faced, and how she overcame it to finally write the book and then publish it. So uh, Esther, um, thank you so much for joining today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Great. And I noticed that uh, your book cover, on, on the book cover, like you have literally cut Chasing American Dreams, and then you have your book title, creating your limitless life. I mean, why do you do it? Like, what's the difference between American dreams and limitless life in your POV?
1: Oh, a huge difference. So, for me, uh and the American dream how I refer to it is it's not that just the the US, right? Or America as we know it, right? The American dream is something it's universal. You know, everyone's like, uh, you know, around the world, right? That the American dream is a common, you know, phrase that people use to seeking out something better, right? Either finding more opportunities somewhere else, or, you know, they think about it in terms of hope and wealth. The the problem with the American dream, though, is that it's based on a universal dream that's all the same for everybody. And it's also based on like fixed timelines. So it's based on, for example, being like, oh, you need to get married by you're 30. You know, you need to have a house by the time you're 35. You need to have a, a title and a secure business or job by the time you're this age. You know, and then if you haven't made those things by what society defines as the dream, then you haven't made it and haven't succeeded. So, my book challenges that though that your limitless life is whatever you want it to be. Right? You may not want a house. You might never want children. You might never want to be married you might um you might want to rent and and maybe just have homes for investment there's there's so many possibilities, and the thing is like everyone's dream is different everyone's gift is different one everyone has a unique value that's unique to them so for me that 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 definition is so rigid that for me that's why I crossed it out right we're not trying to chase the American dream and Instead, we're trying to create what our own limitless
0: life is mm-hmm. uh a few years ago, I saw this movie called limitless like it was it is one of my favorite movies like uh the guy like the actor like he takes some pill and then suddenly he is using his brain to his hundred percent capacity and he is successful now in his career and he's really good with everyone so uh for you. Personally, like, how? what's your definition of limitless life in your life?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I'll first define, like, what limitless is in general. So limitless means that you can, you're living out your full legacy, whatever you define as your ultimate anything, right? So that dream that you had when you were a kid, the dream that you have now, that vision that you're like, oh, that'd be amazing. That's what it is. Because in the end of the day, all of us can achieve it. But what stops us is ourselves, right? It stops us is our mindset, our own doubts, our own belief systems that we think we can't do it, and that's not true, right? We can all accomplish anything we want, and it's really up to us to make that happen. So for me, uh, Limitless for me was having complete creative freedom, creative freedom to do what I wanted to, to create what I want, and, and to be able to have a movement where I could inspire. And the thing is, I was I was the person that chased the American dream, and I chased it my entire life, you know, because I, I grew up in, um, I was born in Nicaragua, and my parents immigrated when I was a young child to the United States. So we escaped the Civil War, and we had nothing, you know. And, and there's another crazy story in between that, that I almost died, and then my dad won the lotto, and so they spent all their money to save my life. And then, of course, when it comes down to immigrating with the Civil War, we had nothing. So we grew up with no money in the United States, paycheck to paycheck. And I knew I grew up with the double burden, not not just of growing up with no money, but also feeling like had I not been born, my parents would have had money, right, to, to been better off in the United States. So I felt this. I had to give to my family. I had to make things better. You know, I, I had to chase the American dream to to provide. And so I did all that, right? And I went to best students, went to the best schools, and then I went to the workforce and I climbed the ladder. And when I climbed the ladder, you know, and of course, you know, I was, I was always me deep down. I always found ways to find my way to inspire and help people along the way. But it was always in my free time. And not in my core hours, right? My core hours, I was just work hard, put your head down to make it, right? But then, you know, I, once I had reached the, the American dream, and I remember sitting there, you know, and at that time, I was a diplomat, you know, and I had the five-bedroom house, I had the status position, you know, I had the wealth, I had the full staff that helped me with the children, you know, like all the things that you see in movies, I, I was super unhappy. I was miserable because it wasn't my life. I felt that I wasn't living my life. And even though there were parts of the job that were amazing, that I could impact people, that, you know, had some alignment with me, there was a lot of the other parts that didn't, right? And I also felt that I wasn't free to be creative, right? I was a representative for a country and for an organization, so I couldn't be creative on what I wanted to say or do or inspire. I had to do it within these bounds. And for me, the limitless came in is when I decided I needed to have the courage. Right here, I was motivating countries, you know, countries, communities, everybody to follow their dreams and follow their purpose and giving them money to do that right through the organization. But I wasn't doing that for myself. And when I finally was like, okay, I need to do this for myself, right? I'm here telling everyone else they can, but then I tell myself I can't, right? And that I don't deserve it, that I don't, that I shouldn't do it or, and then all oh, the fear, I'm going to fail. And and so my limitless was when I decided that uh, to believe in myself and I decided to go after it. And so I left that and started what I have now, which is via exchange, which is a movement to help people become limitless. I mean, 92% of people give up on their dreams. Only 8% do it. And for me that's a crazy statistic, right? Because we're how we're like how is that possible? We see so many successful people around on TV and around us and everything, but that's not their dream. Right? So what we see sometimes doesn't match reality. And for me, I'm like, if people actually followed their dreams, like really what they really wanted and had that alignment, I really believe there'd be less terrorism in the world, there would be less violence, there'd be less anxiety, less depression, because people would be living out what they feel is the limitless, right? And that's what I feel today. Like I have full creative freedom today. I love creating and I love being able to have time, flexibility. I love I loved that I downsized and now live in a place that I have view of the ocean every day. That was something that like I really wanted, right? It wasn't to me about having the five bedroom house. For me, it was about living somewhere where I could have a view, where I could wake up every morning and be like, ah, oh, this is living, right? And so that's that's it for me. It's like having that like stability, being able to travel, have time with my family, have creative freedom, and being able to inspire and make a difference every day.
0: And what do you think, what's the number one obstacle holding most people uh, from major change or creating their limitless life or follow their dream?
1: It's fear. Mm -hmm. I would say that's the biggest one is fear. And that fear is rooted in a lot of different things, right? So, like, the the main things I would say fear is rooted in is fear of losing everything they've built, right? A lot of us have been sold to chase those check marks, right? And so we've also been sold that our whole value is based on the title that we have. So to then say to someone, yes, you can go after your dream. For them, their dream feels so drastically different than the life they live today, that they're like, for me to go after that, I'm like, I would put my family in jeopardy or that would be super selfish of me or, I will lose everything that I've built and I can't. And, and a lot of the people I work with, it's like financial stability is really important, right? And yeah. so they feel that losing that is too risky. So fear is number one. And then second, it's like, you know, they, they don't want to feel, you know, anytime they've brought it up to anybody, people are like, but your life's perfect. Your life's amazing. You need to be more grateful. You know, you need to appreciate what you have. And so then there's guilt. There's guilt of feeling that they want to go after this when they have, you know, the basics, right? You know, and and a lot of us grew up being like, uh, at least I did with my family. That was like everyone, all these people have it worse than you. And so, you know, you have to appreciate your day. And I am a person of full appreciation and gratitude, but that doesn't mean You could still appreciate today and still go after what you want and create that limitless because in the end, when you actually go after your dream and everything, you're going to make more of a difference and more impact because it's something that you love. And I think that's the connection people are missing because they get so boggled in into the voices telling them like, no, you're you're being selfish that they're like, oh, you know what, let me just it's it's not practical, it's not realistic, let me go back to my day. Or they feel that it's too late. And that's that's the problem with that check marks, right? Because we're told by this age we should have something. And so then they're like, I'm too old, it's too late. But it's not true. It's never too late. Like we we over we overestimate we can do in a year, but we yeah. underestimate what we, we can do in five. Exactly. And and even if you're midlife, like myself, like, I mean, like, you know, we still have 40 years left to live or more And like five years is nothing. You know what I mean? Five years is a drop in the bucket. And, and also it doesn't have to be a change that one day to the next, that's the next thing. It's like, if people are like, oh, I have to drastically change everything like tomorrow, but that's not true either. Right. We, you can make a plan, you know, and a lot of my book talks about that. It's not, you can plan it out over five years. Things can be very incremental. It can be done in such a way that you could be working, and if you let's say your dream was to start a business, you can start your business on the side while you're still working, right? And you can make transitions that don't affect your finances or your life. Or you can do it in such a way that you're gaining the skills while you're starting. But as long as you're starting, you're already starting to feel more right in alignment. And it doesn't matter if it takes two, five, or ten years. What matters is that you get there and you don't give up on it.
0: Yeah. I was talking to um, an author as well as a speaker um, the other day, uh, I think the last week. And he was in, I think, uh, late 80s. And uh, we were talking about the dream and the passion. He mentioned to me that I have, a few few of my friends like who are no more, and when I was interacting with them when they were at the last stage um most of them they had regrets that they didn't do what they wanted to do um the society wanted them to be like a like a certain way and uh when he actually I asked him that what mo- still motivates you, what inspires you to Still go on stage and speak and still promote the book, all kind of stuff. Then he was saying that I really don't want to, uh, left any stone unturned that at the deathbed, I would also feel the same way. Uh, that's gonna be a really big regret that I'll have. So that's why, like, I try to live my life to the fullest. And I think that's what is called like having a limitless life, uh, going in the future seeing yourself on the deathbed and seeing like what are the things that uh you should do today so that you will not have regret later on so
1: exactly exactly and so like it's, it's funny you said that because one of the first exercises that i have in the book is that it's like you have to simulate death like if you die today what would yeah. your obituary say Because so many of us, we we are like, we don't want to think about death because it's so negative and ah, I don't even want to think about it because sometimes we're worrying about things happening throughout the day. We don't want to give ourselves that anxiety. But there is something intentional about going, like you said, into death and writing it down because the minute you write it down, you're like, I don't really want my obituary to say that, you know, I want it to be so much more. But then what is that so much more? You know, and then you have to rewrite it. What do you want it to say? And then let's map it out so that you, you can people will actually say those things, right? And and they'll be that when you pass away. And and it's such a key part because I think that's when we stop and really reflect on our life as a whole and realize that no one is talking about your titles when you die. Yeah. No one is talking no. about what thing you wore. They're talking about what impact you had on them. And what impact you had on this on this planet
0: I'm not sure like where exactly I've heard this, but um there was this guy who made billions of dollars right I'm not sure whether this is a story or this is a real thing, but i've got i I've heard someone maybe someone saying this this guy I think made uh five or ten dollars ten billion dollars. And uh he at the end of the life he was just able to spend maybe just one billion dollars. Um he was saying to all the other people uh, at the deathbed that I wasted uh one sixth of my life trying to just make money and money. I was able to just spend one billion dollars and the remaining um four, five, six dollars six billion dollars like I was not able to spend. So I can't take that money. Um uh, to where I'm going right now after my death, so um I'm also wondering that uh you mentioned a lot about finding your purpose and like what's your process of uh like how do you teach people to find your purpose like for me for for i think for most of the people, most of the children they in the childhood they wanted to become maybe an astronaut and then they wanted to become a doctor or something else and then something else like even when at this stage of my life every three years like my the things that I want to do changes how do you find your true authentic purpose and uh, follow that and is it okay for that purpose to change like in in the future yeah
1: yeah, no, that's that's a great question, and so and actually you brought up a really good um, topic. So, purpose is uh, it, in all languages, I think it translates to intention. And actually, my my favorite definition of purpose is actually a Hindi word, and it, and I don't know if I'm saying it wrong, so if the listeners can correct me. Udesha, which means like your Udesha. higher, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your higher place. Right. So purpose is like so in in my book, I differentiate. Right. So there's purpose and there's also goals. Right. So you should align your goals, your milestones and your steps to fulfill and live your purpose every day to live to to leave a lasting legacy. Right. So legacy is like the point A to B. Your purpose is your everyday which you bring. But, but purpose is not like a destination, right? It can be your legacy is the destination, but your purpose is who you are every day and not what you want to bring out. So you mentioned a couple of interesting parts. So one of the exercises I do do is thinking about your childhood dream. So you mentioned, for example, it could change now, but I want to challenge that. The thing is the title of the thing that you want to do has changed. But the how you want to do that And what you bring to that world has not. So I'm going to give you an exercise right here. I'm going to put you on the spot. So if you have $2 billion, so actually I'm going to, let's start that over. You have have to pick one global problem to Mm. solve. What would you pick?
0: I think uh, the number one problem that actually comes to my mind is definitely going to be the education. We are, especially working with youth, I see that the 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 entire education system, especially in our country, like it's kind of broken. Um, we don't teach anything that is kind of relevant for the real life, or like when they graduate from the colleges or high school. So I definitely wanna, in case if I have infinite money, then I definitely want to gonna be working in that direction, like working on the education, working with the youth, because that's the future generation, like that's the world we'll be creating.
1: Okay. So the G7 loves your answer. They're like, that was an amazing answer. I love it. I need you to give me more detail on how you're going to do that. How are you going to work with the youth to improve the education system? Or how are you going to do that? How are you going to solve it?
0: So that's kind of a tough question, but uh, if I'm going to break it into multiple steps, I think I'll definitely gonna leverage the social media. Initially, like that's the very uh, initial step where I'm gonna leverage YouTube and Instagram, especially TikTok, uh, to find to interact with the youth. Like where exactly they hang on, and not only me. Like I'll try to create uh, courses completely for free that actually they're gonna be using in their life. For example. Financial literacy um uh, learning how to um in like developing some skill sets right all kind of stuff, not the things that they are learning in uh, their school and colleges like mathematics and like they're already learning it, but the things that is actually gonna be applicable in their real life um, and I would try to work with um some really great teachers and professors like and we can work together and build some kind of some sort of organization and creating these lectures completely for free so that it can reach as much as uh, masses. And um, along with that, some way or the other way, like I'll try my best to also reach to some uh, government uh, uh, people like we're like who are in politics, like who can actually make the changes in the education, like real education system as well. Uh, for an example, nobody teaches you to understand like how mind works, how to think, right, in the, in the school, in the, in the high school or the college. So maybe meditation, uh, focusing more on sports. So nobody teaches that. So, so these are some of the steps that I initially can think of uh, in order to make that change happen.
1: That's fantastic. So, I heard that you first, when you're solving problems, you break it down into steps. You think about how you can reach, make the mass, diff- make the mass change more effectively. How best to reach people, and then you also I do a lot of like gap analysis, like what's missing, what could we bring, how can I persuade. So now my question is, when you think about your approach, how you were using this approach to solve this problem. Do you use that same approach in your personal life and for Uh, other problems?
0: Yeah, actually, most of the time. Um, So um, especially in our, of course, now uh, I don't focus more towards the, the goal that I shared with you. But for example, whenever I meet youth, right? um especially like who are having issues or problems, like they're they're not clear what to do in their career, career or their life. I, I try my best to um give them the right type of advice, give them pros and cons exactly what to do, what not to do. Uh sometimes like we also like me and my wife go to orphanage over here. Like uh there are a lot of children like um over here, like young children's we try to be there, uh we stay there, and then we uh, share some informations with them as well, of course we help them financially as well, but uh I'd really enjoy working with them um and staying with them, so like as of now uh in my life, I don't work on that level, but yeah, I'll try my best to do it on some level
1: but do you use that same process like so no. if a friend came to you. Hmm. And said, Man, Victor, I have a huge problem at my job or I have a huge problem with a friend of mine. When you give advice, do you do you follow that same process? Do you go, Okay, let's break it down into steps. Let's think about what's your what you're missing.
0: Yes. And of then course.
1: let's Yeah.
0: Yes, of course. Going deep down, understanding what's their problem, what's the root cause, and then eventually trying to give them the solution.
1: Yep. So your how is your unique value. So like how you describe to me how you would solve that problem is super unique to you. No one answers that question on how. So like the global problem, everyone has very similar ones, right? World peace, education, division, right? Water, anything. But the how they solve it, for every single person, it's very different. And that is your unique value add. So even if you went tomorrow and started a whole different business, a whole different thing, or went to a whole different career path, you would still bring how you would solve it, anything, to that place. And so um, that is how that ties in. So it doesn't matter that you're... Whatever, if you want to change your job or your business or try something different, right? You're still bringing in a part of your unique how to every situation and everything in your life. And similarly, you know how we talked to you, talked earlier about kids, right? They might say doctor, astronaut, right? A yeah. group kid says the same thing, lawyer. But I've, I've done this with kids, right? First and fourth grade. Even when you have a room of 20 kids that have the same career choice. The attributes and the characteristics of why they want to do that is all so different. So you can have 10, 10 kids say doctor. One will say, I want to be a doctor because I want the 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 people time with the patient. I want to be able to give them quality care and, and solve their problem and talk to them. Another one might be, I want to be a surgeon. I I, I want to have detail, go in and like see how this functions, solve their body problem, you know what I mean? And like really go in, microscope, see it deep. Another one might say, you know, I want to be able to work alongside other doctors that we together think about new diseases and cure. So you see how it's all different. So even if it's doctor, what they see in that career path for every kid, it's a total different lens because they're looking at it like that's my, that's what I know right now of a possibility that's what i see as a vehicle where i can live out my purpose right it's just what information they have at hand but it's but it's still through the lens of like we're always seeking places of where we can bring our how-to into right and so part of the whole exercise that I do in that roadmap, it's like first, it's like unpacking, right? So I gave you one part of it, right? But the book and the workbook go really deep, like really unpack this unique how-to and then test it, right? Can you do it in your professional life? Do you do it in your personal life? And then ask five of your friends, how have you impacted their life and how? And then when you get back those answers, you're like, oh my God, this is what I do all the time. And then it's like, what do you love? And then what impact do you want to make in the world and like what's your legacy and like and then even more than that you know the other side of purpose is also our toolkit and our resilience so that's something that for me i never saw like in books so i've always been obsessed with purpose right and i read um you know like i said i grew up with no money but i had access to a library and I would read all these books, right, and and people would share, purpose is so important, purpose is so important, and I would sit there and go, okay, but you haven't told me how to find my purpose, right? And I would get so frustrated because I'm like, I know it's important, I know I have to have it, but I want you to tell me how I find it. So for me, it was, like, really important to give the the how the how-to. But the other side of it is, like, once I discovered it for myself, what I found challenging was how do I keep it going? And how do I not get lost in the noise of like either chasing the American dream or everybody telling you that you need to be doing something different or like, you know, when you give up, like, how do you keep that going? And so the other side of that I have as part of your purpose formula is resilience. Like, what have you overcome? Because on the flip side, when you have this great how-to and this great gift to the world, it also brings and attracts, right, the other negative side of things, right, that could also... A, you know, put you astray or put you and make you vulnerable. So what are the things have you overcome and what did you do to help you overcome them? Because that is unique to you. So like, for example, for me, like I overcame depression, anxiety, and like, I also stay in things way too long. Like I have business partnerships or friends and, and sometimes I know that we need to part ways, but I stay in stay. I'm like, things are going to get better and they don't. But uh, by by studying that, though, right, that's my other side, because in my purposes, I like to, you know, help people discover their, their purpose and live it. Sometimes I want to see them live it, you know, and, and so that's, that's the downside. But when you look at that, what you overcome, because you're always that person, you're going to keep overcoming it. So rather than using that toolkit only when you hit rock bottom, only when things get hard... What about we incorporate all those great things that helped you into your everyday routine so that when it does, you know, something, you know, if negative does happen, you're not gonna hit rock bottom because it's already in your preventative routine. So that's the other part that I incorporate into your purpose because it's still part of you, it's still part of your intention, right? So your intention is also bringing in your how to, but also making sure you're taking care of yourself while you're doing that to prevent, you know, any, to prevent anything from stopping you from showing up every day that way.
0: I love it. Um, So I had a call with um, one of your friends yesterday, Renzo, like who needed some of our services and uh, he speaks highly of you, by the way. So he literally shared with me the workbook that he's working on that you shared, right? Like, yeah, um, yeah. And he showed me that what he has filled and everything. Um, did you decide to create the workbook since the beginning of working on the book? Or was it like after creating the book, you decided that, okay, I should also have a workbook so that people can have, a, have an actionable steps, just like you, what you did for me, like uh, asking me certain questions so that identifying what's the purpose and everything. What was your process to deciding yeah. to create the workbook
1: I love the workbook. Um, So I, at first, actually, I wanted the book to be, I just one one piece. I wanted it to be, the book is kind of also a workbook. And the thing is, it kind of is. So at first, I mean, funny story is that at first I didn't want to include any of my story in the book. <laughs> because I think I talked about it, as I grew up, I was always told, people have it way worse than you. You know, so for me,
0: yeah. I was
1: like, I was like, I wasn't trafficked. I don't have like a, I mean, actually now I realize I do have a crazy story. But when I was writing it, I didn't think I had a crazy story. I was like, I ha- I wasn't trafficked. I wasn't homeless. Sure, I've gone through a lot of challenges. I've immigrated. I almost took my life at 16. You know, I have like all these crazy things that, that happened to me and happened to me once I got to the workforce. I'm very open about like, even though I had a high position and I had 30 awards, I was also being bullied in silence. And and that has been amazing in the sense that since I've shared that, I've gotten so much um, sharing from other people in similar roles, being like, that's me and I can never share it because everyone looks up to me. I'm vice president and no one would ever know that I'm going through this and I'm suffering in silence. And... But I didn't want to share any of that. You know, at first I was kind of like, my story's not important. I just want to share my formula. I just want to help millions of people around the world. I want to give people clarity. And that's it. So in the beginning, when I wrote it, initially, it was just my formula. It was all these questions and the application. And then when I went to the the publisher and my author code, she was like, uh, no, uh, you need to include your story. You know what I mean? Like, we need to... Because you are a product of your own yes. book, you know what yes, I mean. Right. You are a living testimony that this works, and you cannot just include the little stories. Because I, I have, I have testimonials from countries and communities and people, right? That I, you know, share their transformation. They're like, that's great, but they're like, but there's nothing more than you are that living testimony, right? So I wrote it, and I wrote my story, and I almost deleted it. Five, ten times. And every time I was going to, every time I deleted the section, something would happen. Like I would meet, I would run into somebody and they would share a story with me. And I would sit there with my eyes open because I was like, oh my God, that's the exact same thing that happened to me that I was deleting in my book. Okay, I need to go back in. And then I had to come in and say, it's not authentic unless I include everything. So, you know, when people ask me on podcasts, is there something you don't want to talk about? I'm like, no, everything's in the book. Like, it's all out there for the world. There's nothing that's not open. But but of course, adding in my story made the book really long. So what I had to do was, okay, what, what can I include in the book that if people read the book, that they're going to come out clear? Okay, this is my purpose, right? And what can I extract that if someone's like, I read this book, and I really want to do this like now. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make this happen. And so that's when I extracted it and it said, okay, that's why the company workbook is so important, right? Like you've read the book, you're inspired and you're like, I want to do this and I want to go even deeper Then the workbook does that for you. But more importantly for me, the workbook is that, you know, as a kid, I think I mentioned that I might always go back to that because I couldn't afford a coach, you know what I mean? And I had these big aspirations, like, It it sounds crazy now because, sure, now I travel all the time and I have this life. But back then, I remember being 15 years old, traveling around the world, I only had gone on a plane to immigrate. You know what I mean? Like the thought of being able to afford a plane ticket to travel, it just seemed so far from my reality. And being able to speak... Like I was speech delayed as a kid, like, and and I was just like working hard. It just all those things I have now just seem so unobtainable. But I would read these books and do all the things in the books in the library. And of course, you can't write in them in the library, so that's why I have like lines in my book too, because I'm like, I want you to write in it, you know, <laughs> or if you have a Kindle, and and um. And I wanted to, you know, I would do all the exercise and I was like, I got to figure this out and I got to figure this out and research. And I mean, now people have internet, you know, but back then I was like, I had to figure this out. So I wanted, for me, like, you know how you said about youth, it's also really important that I, I really hope that my book gets in youth's hands. You know, that's why I do speak a lot at universities for underserved communities because, I really like like to give that message there and I want them to have access to the workbook because I'm like, it's okay if you don't have access to coaching. My entire coaching program is in that workbook. Like if you follow it and do all those exercises, like go deep into the purpose exercises, then do that. Then I, I go step by step on how to map it out, right? From like goals to milestones to steps and then your celebration calendar, your resilience, how to keep it going, how to put boundaries. How to say, how to, how to like, um, for example, like after you figure it out, how do you, how do you express all the things you want to be sought out for? How do you say no to the things that you don't want to be sought out for? How do you have those conversations with your family? Because that was really hard for me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Latino families, there are no boundaries, and I was like, okay, so, but I have to create them. How do I do that? And how do I do that in a way that's inviting, that's conversational, that's not hurtful? And so all of that's in there, right? Because I I want someone to pick it up, if, even if they can't work with me. That's okay. You have the whole workbook to do that with with you. And so for me, that's how that workbook came to be. Like initially, the vision was to have it in one piece, but then as you know, as the book evolved, it was kind of like, you know what? Now people have the option. If they love the book, you can get the workbook. And I still have, I also put the workbook um, at an affordable, like at uh, the 99 cents, because the workbook, I'm like, you know, fine, you, you don't have the physical copy, but you can have it on your Kindle and do it on paper, just like I did when I was a youth, right? And so it's just, it's like your own library on your phone.
0: Mm, love it. And uh, in your case, I think uh, your husband, Paul, like he's also part of your journey, right? Like he's also part of your mission now. How does this transition happen? Does he work with you uh, like full time with you, or he also has his own thing going on? Like how your partnership works.
1: So, um, so I was married before Paul, you know, and both of us were, and I talk about that in the book about you know we it's part of the chasing the American dream, you know, we both got married younger and and fulfilled that checkmark, but. When we met each other, we just had that full alignment, you know, we met working and we we met in the international development sphere and, and we met interviewing for that position actually. And we were actually friends and coworkers before we got together. And so we always had that amazing synergy. But then, you know, we both got into we both had to climb the ladder differently within that organization and keep then our lives, professional lives separate. But we were always a partnership at home. But something that we always missed working together because we work really well together, and we both have like same legacy. You know, we want to make a difference in the world. And he loves. Um, we love different aspects of it. You know, like I love the coaching aspect. He loves the edu- educator part of the aspect and teaching and sharing stories, right? But it's a nice. It's a great compliment. So at first, um, so we went on so when leaving the diplomatic service where right, we had to do it in pieces so he first left and opened his own consultancy right so he could still consult with these agencies so at first that's how we transition like we don't know anything about helping a business or anything right so he first had to go into that realm of like how do we open a business how does that work how do i do just on consultancies once we knew that that could work you know that gave me leeway to exit because we knew, like, okay, he has his thing set up. We know it works. We know, like, the mechanics. And so then I can exit and start this movement, right? And I, I always call it movement because to me it's much more than a business. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's it's a way to, like, change. To me it's about changing the world, right? So I I started that and he stayed with the consultancy. And then now, so that then I became, like, a lot more fledged in the business. But same thing, right? It's everything about calcul- calculated, right, Risks and path, right? It's just I am, I am my own avatar. You know, I am my own person I help, right? So the path is then as I started growing it, right? He, We were at a place where he was like, now I would like to be folded folded in with you. Even though he still does, his consultancy still has that arm with him. He's like, I w- now it's time that we can both integrate. And so now he's been a lot more integrated in that and we love it. Like we just came back from New Orleans and and it's the first time that we did a joint keynote. Yeah. And and it was so amazing. Like we left there cuz uh our the other conferences we have been doing separate speaking. Mm. But this one we we had been doing the workshops together and and somebody saw one of our workshops and is like nominated us to be the keynote together. And we're like, wow, I've never seen keynotes together. This, But I'm like, I, if anybody can do it, I'm like, we can. And uh, we did it. And, and it was so amazing. Like uh, we were on fire. Like the, 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 the crowd was on fire. I sold out of the books. And I always say that when I say that my name is on the book, I always say he's the silent author on it as well. You know what I mean? Like he was with me on that. It's my story but it's still our process, you know, and, and he's still a big part of that, of that book. And, uh, and so he promotes, he promotes it the same. And then our second book we'll write together. And it was just all fire. You know, like we, 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 we dominated that stage. Like it, it just did amazing. And, and when we left that, that, that weekend, we said, this is, this is why we're doing this. This is what we want to do all the time. And, and, and then, brought us back to like when we first started you know this is how we work together making an impact and we both bring our strengths you know and I bring my vulnerability on on stage and he, he brings this relatability and it impacts listeners all different right Pe- different people were coming up to him and me and and we're just stronger together and so that was part of the the legacy that we wanted to build and, and we include our kids in it, you know, like my, my son sells my books at his school and, you know, he he's hilarious and he's sometimes on my Instagram and and my daughter makes us our business plans. Like for me, I always wanted that like something that we could create as a family, as a unit and, and, and create and build this, this legacy together. But then, it has pieces of each of us that we can bring in our own purpose and and build out like the future that, that we all want jointly yeah
0: i'm curious like how does it feel to have a man in your a man in your life like who really supports you and put you in front because there are very very few men out there in today's world like for example if their wife or the partner or the spouse is doing better uh, in a in professional life maybe they have some male ego or some jealousy like they don't want it to happen but he like I've seen him uh, getting on the podcast promoting your book promoting you uh, and he puts you on, on the front now your kids are also joining the movement how does it feel and um, did you know that this is going to happen like when you met him or uh, so tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. No, ab- um, No, I knew that when I met him. So this is the thing. When I was this is what I this is the other definition of limitless. You know, when I was um, a kid, right back to my kid, I dreamed of being with someone like that. And the thing is, again, that felt very far like very unlikely you know i latino culture exactly what you said it's, i mean even in my culture it was like it's very machismo as they call it like men are just like you serve me my food yeah you come second so you have mm. to be a good wife and good lady and i grew up with that Like you have to be a good lady good wife good this good that right and and you can't outshine and so but then but then that translated for me very negatively because then i felt that I needed, um, like, I had this regret for a long time. Like, I had met this, this one man when I was younger, and I regretted a long time because I let that go because he was entrepreneur and very successful and had wealth. Mostly. So I thought, oh, my God, you know, like, I let that go. But I was looking for, like, a Prince Charming in a way. Like, I thought, like, as I was taught that I would have to hang on to a man that had done those things, and that's the only way that I would be able to do those things. Yeah, but but in my mind, I always dreamed of having a man that would be nurturing to children, but at the same time, masculine, right? And that and that he would support me, and that he could cook, and and would support my dreams and all that. But over time, you know, I thought it didn't exist, even though I always dreamed of it, and that's why, you know, I, I got married first. And it's not that my first husband was a bad man; he was he was a he was a great man. But just not for me, you know, I mean, like, I think my dreams were, we didn't have, this. I put at the end of the book that it's really important, even this purpose son, to do it as a family, like this whole purpose exercise, and even with the person that you're with, right, because your legacies have to be aligned. And like, even though me and my ex-husband had a lot in common, he's a great man, you know, we had the love for like, helping the world and volunteering and all that. We didn't have the same legacy. You know, he, he liked making difference on a smaller scale. And that's great. You know what I mean? And like, you know, he's now remarried and I and he's found someone that's super aligned with him. But for me, my change is global and I never wanted to live in one place. You know, I wanted to be able to travel and meet people all over the world and constantly be moving and changing and growing. And we never did those exercises. We had been to a lot of these um marriage weekends and you know, all these type of things that you do before you get married in, in, in our culture and my culture. And, and they never talked about those things, right? It was about, like, having your finances in line and whether you want to parent correctly. But there was never a talk about, like, do your dreams align? And I think had we had done that, we probably wouldn't have married each other because he would have been like, oh, my God, wait. My whole, my life's going to be about traveling the world and, and doing all these things. And he liked traveling but didn't want to, like, live other places. You know what I mean? They're very different. And I think had we discussed that, we, we could have avoided everything that we went through, right? Well, with Paul, when I met him, I, I actually, I really believe in synchronicity that, like, people, like, all these, I don't believe in coincidences, things happen. And, and we were interviewing him, and I just felt this energy. I, I pointed him out in the room before even talking to him. And then when I talked to him, it was, like, the weirdest thing. We had the same earphones. We had the same iPad case. We had the same everything. And I was like, this is very strange. But he had this calming, calmness to him. And I'm very, you know, all over the place, right? But he had this calmness. And as we were talking, you know, I started to notice that he, he's, he's nurturing. You know, he's supportive. And he has his legacy is about making a difference in the world. But he and for him, the biggest uh, value that he has is to be loved. You know, he wants he wanted love and love and making a difference, and it didn't matter to him. There's you're, the person is their home, right? So location doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. And and when I met him, I I was in a messy situation then, and I was like, I, I this this is it. I don't care if my whole life blows up. I need to be with this man because this is what I dreamed of my whole life, and it's here in front of me and and sure we had like a lot lots of challenges too because we both blew up our lives to be together right so of course that was going to be messy um but then once that subsided it's it's amazing and that's and I think that's what I love about speaking with him because he can send those messages right to to women and to men around the world that it doesn't make you less masculine to support a woman and actually like by him supporting me our relationship is so much stronger right because then I feel like my I can have my dreams I can live my purpose I'm present for him I'm present for the kids right I'm showing example that we can do this and then and he's part of it right and and our legacies are aligned and our our dreams are aligned and and every time I see us as a family I'm like like sometimes I wake up and I can't believe it's my life, you know, like I'm like, wow, like I found this and we have this great family. It's all about growth. And, and we do therapy. Right. And we do coaching to always better ourselves. And and it's great. And and yeah. I told him with our book, I was like, are you sure you don't want your name on it, too? And, you know, because, I mean, you know, he helped me so much. And he was like, no, this is your story. You know what I mean? He's like, no way. And I was like, "Okay,, <laughs> no, but, so but uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, really amazing and i and I think we need more of that in mm-hmm. the world to show that it's possible,
0: yeah, like he's a lovely guy, so um, at all of a sudden, like our team is working with you, uh, your husband Paul, um booking on different podcasts and promoting the book, so um when you started exploring different ways to promote the book. What exactly happened? Like, why did you decide to work with authors on mission? Because in the last three, four months, you have also referred a lot of people in your circle to us. Um, before you started working with us, uh, exactly what did you see? Why did you hire us? And what was your experience so far working with us? And what exactly do you see in us that you recommend uh, so many people in your circle to us?
1: Yeah, no, I think what I loved, uh, so it's funny because it was actually, uh, I got a cold call, I, I think a cold request, right, like at, from someone on your team, and then I looked at your stuff and for me, I thought the what I loved about it was the podcast at first, right, and I was like, well, I had been on a couple, but what I liked is that, what I love about your team actually, is that you study the brand of the person, you know. I study how the person's style and, and the brand and their messaging and really find podcasts and avenues where they can give out their message that's aligned with them. So for me, like the podcast has been such an amazing process because I've met these amazing hosts, you know, that have like such similar messaging and legacies, you know, and then I can do like the things we're doing now, right? these exercises and they can ask me questions as well. And then we connect like a lot of the podcast hosts actually are not my friends, which is great, right? Like we talk now all the time and we and and for me, it's about building community. So what I love about the podcasting is that you build community, not just not just uh, with the listeners, but with the hosts themselves. Right. That are in this mission as well to make this change in the world. Right. If you're in podcasting, it's because you have like this bigger mission. and You want to give these stories out to the world. And so that has been amazing because they're like all over the world, amazing messages. And I um and through that, the listeners have gone back to me. I just got one today, actually, uh, that she heard that one of the podcasts that came out this week. And it's this woman that she was also born in Nicaragua, but now lives in Australia. You know, and she's like, I was so inspired by that. And see that to me, that just that just makes my whole week or month. You know what I mean? That look, and now I'm connected to this older woman in Australia. So podcasts, I I think, like, at first I was kind of like, yeah, I want to do podcasts. But when I started it, I didn't realize how impactful it would be and and how it creates this whole domino effect. And that's when I was like, no, Paul, you have to do this. (laughs) And he's like, okay. And he's loved it too, you know, because for him, I I want him – Equally, he wants me to shine. I want him to shine, and he has an amazing uh, message and life, and and he can also be such, you know, he's also an inspiration to me. So he likes being able to have that platform as well that he he hasn't been able yeah. to. So and he's loved it. He's loved it. And 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 on top of that, right? Let's say like so. The the podcast has that intrinsic value, but I think like on other things in terms of our business, right? It helps with SEO. It helps with Google, like it, it gives yeah. people a, a taste of what we're like speaking, you know, because then from the podcast, we were able to share. In front of the, uh, so I did my book tour, I'm on my book tour, and to get on my book tour, I wanted to speak at conferences, right, because then you have a large venue that you can also sell books. And there, um, to apply to those at first, you, you know, you submit an abstract, but I would add the links to the podcast I've been on. Right. So the people get a feel like this is my message. I'm saying this is what I talk about. And people appreciate that. Right. Because they're not getting them like they get a, a flavor for who you are, what the things you talk about, what's your message. So I think even in terms of like business branding and how your how your style is and your voice, it it helps with that you know and and now i've put it all into like a spotify track with all of them there right so it's like one easy link that you can send out so i've because my clients are also people who want to trailblaze i'm like you got to be doing this right and so the people i refer are the people the ones that i'm like their messages it's equally inspiring right that are that need to share it with people that are aligned with them and i'm like i i think your team is the best to find the people that would be aligned with them. That's what what I love about your team. Your team does the research, and then they also check in with you, like, do you like this one, do you not? You know what I mean? And so you you always have this nice, responsive collaboration that that fulfills your own legacy and also helps with like whatever goals you have. Great.
0: And what do you think how your books have impacted your personal and professional life? Like if you compare your life before books and, and then after book, like after you published the book, what exactly has changed?
1: A lot. Um the the well, the book I would say personally, like for myself, I think um it helped it helped me grow in so many ways. Like now my story is out, you know, to the world, right? And now my parents have read it too. And and so all of that there's no more holding back. So I think that was the biggest effect that it had on me personally and in my mindset is having that book out. um, I can be fully authentic with who I am. And I feel also that a lot of that fear has gone away. So that's on a personal front. On in terms of like an impact front, it's been pretty amazing, right? Because I get these, I get a lot of like different private one-on-one messages, you know, about like, I read this section and it's, I so much I relate to this and and um, also I you know if you were vulnerable that means I can be vulnerable right and that I hadn't thought about it that way or I did the exercise and it is a longer book so people share with me like when they're at different stages and sometimes the messages are like a month or two scattered through Um, but that's been really really impactful in terms of me as like the movement and the business you know I mean having a book helped me, has helped me in the speaking roles, right? Because in the speaking roles, I could share a piece of it and also pieces of my story, of of the the formula and the impact in my workshops. And then it's nice to give the people that are there, like you give them a product that they can continue, right, using for themselves. And so it's, yeah, I think in terms of like my speaking, it's helped, it's helped um, boom that part and the workshops. And it has helped deliver the message more clear, like more out there, and I think it's helped like the in terms of like even like the business SEO and and all of that having having the book. So it's been a win 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 overall in in all aspects, personally and and professionally, and and all of it. Yeah.
0: So you have finally like you were able to write the book and you know the ins and outs of exactly how does it work. What suggestions do you have for aspiring writers like who are struggling to write their own book?
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm going to tell the authors it's tough. Um, I would also recommend that they work, you know, if it's with your company or another one, like I don't recommend authors to do it by themselves you know, so I would definitely say that because I think when um, I worked with um, I worked. You guys have been like absolutely amazing. I think like, and I would say definitely for the promotion, don't do it by yourself either. You know what I mean? Because it's it's a lot. Like, because you, you have to manage figuring out your own book tour, your own stuff, right? And I think your team helps with like you know everything. Like, you guys have a whole package of ways of promoting your book that people should really look at and and really do because like I've tried all sorts of things on my own. And that's why when you guys came, I was like, no, 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 this is what I need. Like you guys know how the whole system works. And, and that's, that's, that's key. And, but in terms of like writing it themselves, I know your, your company also helps with that. Like I used an Australian company and, you know, and help and they helped, they gave me an author coach. I had an author coach. And that I'm so glad I didn't do it alone because when we're in our own heads, like again, I only, I only thought initially about just sharing my formula and what a mistake that would have been to not have short, shared my story. And plus, you know, I I didn't know about like you know I mine is at the max of what a book should be in length of a self help like all of these things like as an author you shouldn't worry about like I you know worry about like word counts or formatting you know they they help with like marketing like what type of paper your audience would like and you know the fonts and the read and so like for me I would recommend don't do it alone um because the other person can help whether it's a company or an author coach or you guys whatever it is right they can help be like actually like remember because the book is about serving an audience and it's about maximizing the impact and I think having that that company in Australia helping me understand that, the publisher being like, we are here to serve an audience and they need to hear your story. They need to hear examples. Let's try to digest this, right? I then was able to, you're still the writer. I could still write in and like make the edits accordingly. But I think having that mindset that it's about serving the person that helped me then make the book, right, a lot more conversational. Because, you know, I come from an academic background in government where I'm just like, you know, I even want to be less conversational. And they're like, no, oh, you're like, you're talking to a friend. And I'm like, okay, okay, I need to rewrite this and rewrite this. But yeah. I think doing it by myself would have been a huge mistake. It wouldn't have been the quality that it is right now. It wouldn't have the paper and the look that it has right now. Um, I think they just, it just, Someone else helps you put the vision together, and and I think um, and then you guys have helped really put the message out there for me, right? Because then it's one thing like when you finish the book, the next part is okay, but you don't want it. To. I definitely was like, I, this book cannot sit on the shelf. Like this book needs to go out there. Yeah.
0: Great. So it's like, I still have 50 more questions to ask you, but I know that. <laughs> There's so many things like everything is actually I'm having a lot of questions for you, but I know that there's a time constraint. So but it was so um, enlightening talking to you. And uh, I'm definitely definitely going to be checking out your book, Creating Your Limitless Life. I'm going to read it. Also fill out the workbook. So if the listeners want to know more about you, about your book, where they can find you.
1: For sure. They can. Um, so I have an Instagram and that's where I put a lot more fun reels and I do stories every day. That's B dot act dot change. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. Right. Just my name, Esther Zeladon. So those are the two major platforms that I use. You can find me there. I also have a website at uh, act change dot com. But, yeah, if you want to send me a message on LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm very responsive. For me, it's all about building community. So if there's part of the book that really resonated with you or you have questions or anything, that's that's what I'm there. That's what I'm here for.
0: I love it, Esther. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so fun chatting with you. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in.